Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Subbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate, and we are about to do something that I've never done before. That kind of sounds dramatic, but um, Susie Corey is here. Hello. And uh, we did not, um, you, just, you just sent me songs like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I like to keep you on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> so your songs are on my phone. Well, I said we're in the same boat because I just decided on these songs. I don't even remember what I sent you. <laughs> oh, what? You're completely flouting the rules of my show. You're such a... I like spontaneity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go along with it this one time. Thank you. All right. You didn't have a choice. I really didn't, actually. You leaned on me. You... We know who's boss. We... And it's <laughs> me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, so uh, I want to talk to you because uh, you were at the Horseshoe last night. Yes, I was. I uh, regrettably was not there to cheer you on. However, mm-hmm. I understand that it went very well for you. Yeah, you know, I was just saying to everybody um, on social media, because that's how you talk to everyone these days, uh, in the masses, that I'm so thankful. I mean, I was so excited about the show, but there's always, you know, you think and hope for a great crowd. And last night, all my dreams came true. That's <laughs> With awesome. A huge crowd. It was packed. And, you know, to have people so engaged, that was so important. It was, you know, for the most part, new songs that are unreleased. Mm-hmm. And so I think with the exception of two songs, people didn't know the music. And to have everyone up and dancing and just so involved, I, I was so happy. It was awesome. That's great. Thank you. See, you're kind of like the Black Sabbath song, The Wizard. Like, you're like the wizard. <laughs> you just kind of go around spreading magic around and goodwill and good vibes, and it just seems to work for you. Well, you know what I think? Intention is everything. And for me, the intention in all of this, I mean, playing the horseshoe is incredible. I was looking forward to that on a personal level. But even when I was rehearsing with the band, I kept saying to them, you know, the most important thing, let's make this fun. And I want people who are there to enjoy themselves, have a great time. And that's really my biggest intention of performing is mm. to make it fun for the people who are there and when you see it happening it's just awesome yeah. and i got to do something which i was really really wanting to do what's that so there's a band called sumo psycho and i have to give them a shout out because i see their singer sky sweetenham always ride on her guitarist's shoulders and okay. she kind of goes through the crowd like that oh i totally stole that move kind of yeah my guitarist refused to let me ride his shoulders okay. <laughs> so- I found an audience member who was more than willing, and um, yeah, it was it was really cool. So thank you, Judd, <laughs> who oh, did that so yesterday. Did, did you know this person? I did, yeah, and I okay. spoke to him literally like minutes before the show started and said, "Hey, come over here. How would you like me to ride on your shoulders?" Now he said, "I'm not sure about my shoulders, but I can let you piggyback." <laughs> <laughs> so this poor guy from Peterborough, um, yeah, let me piggyback on his back, and it was fun. Wow. Yeah. And actually, where I met him is at a Sebastian Bach concert because he grew up with Sebastian. In Peterborough. Yes. Yeah. They're really good friends. So Still to this day. Yeah, absolutely. Really? And that's where I kind of met him backstage at one of the shows. And we became friends. And who knew one day I'd be piggyback riding his back. The Adventures <laughs> of Susie Corey, ladies and Yes, gentlemen. I have lots of adventures. You re- we were talking about you writing a book. 
(laughs) You should, really. Well, you know, like I was telling you, I don't think right now I don't have a lot of time to sit and write in full details. But what I try and do is every time I have kind of an interesting story, something that happened, Mm -hmm. which is basically every week, um, I write down the points of it so that at one point, I would like to write a book and I just want to remember the sequence of what happened and what it signified for me. Mm. I think I'm just going to follow you around and then hope that, you know, 10% of what happens to you happens to me. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm more than willing to be followed, I guess. (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) I'm sure that you're followed quite a lot. I'm not worried about that. (laughs) All right. So you have five songs that you just texted me about uh, 10 minutes ago here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> As I was drinking my coffee, I'm like, hmm, okay, I got to do this. Let me send him something. Yeah. You're terrible. Um, <laughs> all right. Imagine John Lennon, your first tune. Yeah. I mean, you know, who doesn't love this tune? But I'm kind of that person, um, very idealistic about the world. I think we've kind of solidified that with every podcast that we've done together. <laughs> and that's one of those songs that I, you know, he understood. He got it. And we think that it's something new these days that we're trying to bring the world back to, you know, simplicity and love and so on. But listening to those lyrics, you just realize he got it. Mm-hmm. And even at that point was trying to put out that message. And I'm sure, you know, clearly a lot of people followed him and understood. But where we ended up going wrong, I'm not sure <laughs> that led to where we are today. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the reasons I chose this song is because this past summer, I wrote a song uh, with my producer, Brent Woods, called Love Revolution. Mm-hmm. And we recorded it this summer. And that's what that song is about, kind of, you know, it's the same message of, I've always said that people either live in love or they live in fear. Mm-hmm. That's all it really comes down to. And I'd been reading a lot of Marianne Williamson, who, um, you know, she's a very spiritual uh, speaker and has helped people for over 20 years, currently running as a presidential candidate in the Uh U.S., yeah, which was surprising. Um, But, you know, her book, A Return to Love, kind of spoke of that, that Mm -hmm. really, if you want to break it down into the simplest form, life comes down to living in love or living in fear. Mm. And every action that a person does is either out of love or out of fear. Mm. And a lot of people these days are living, unfortunately, out of fear. And so, you know, a lot of the negativity that you see, it's just people who are afraid. They're afraid of themselves. They're afraid of others. They're afraid of positions. They're afraid of, you know, it's this insecurity. But when you come from a place of love, you tend to look at things from another filter. And so even when someone is being negative towards me, I can kind of see that, you know, unfortunately for this person, that they might be afraid or they're scared or something. And that's why they're behaving this way. Mm-hmm. And so from my end, I don't look at it in the same way. I'm not offended. And, you know, just seeing things through love mm. <laughs> makes everything better. Yeah. I know I sound so airy-fairy right now, but <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. I swear I live it. I don't just preach it. Good for you. I know that. I know that to be true. I'll vouch for you. You know, seeing the good in people. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you definitely do. You and when great, this song is attitude. released, I promise you, we're going to start a love revolution. We started it last night, the horseshoe, because people heard it for the first time. And I said, who's into starting this revolution right now? And they all were. So, How many of these people were men? <laughs> <laughs> I clarified what I meant by love revolution. I didn't say, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Casey Musgraves is next Mm -hmm. with Rainbow. 
Yeah. Um, you know, people keep asking, who's your favorite country artist? And I was always feeling like, especially with the more modern country artists, I am not too familiar with a lot of them. I go back old school, you know, with the Kenny Rogers and Dolly Partons. But Casey Musgraves, for me, is one of the people that I recently got acquainted with musically and absolutely love everything about her. Mm. You know, to me, her style of writing is very intelligent funny, witty, um, and she's got a beautiful voice. Mm -hmm. And this song in particular, Rainbow, I think it speaks, you know, it's a very inspirational song. Kind of reminds people that sometimes, you know, she's saying about how someone who tends to see that it's always pouring and it's always rainy and it's always gloomy, um, that sometimes you're missing out on seeing that the rain has actually stopped and the rainbow is there, but you're just not seeing it because you're constantly in this you know, again, it comes back to what I was talking about, the filter, mm -hmm. and always seeing things through your own filter, you can sometimes overshadow the fact that, you know, the rain has stopped, but you're still in your own mind, it's still there. You know, it speaks to a lot of things um, of how people really need to see the positive side of stuff, because we tend to look at the negative and let that overshadow all the beautiful things that are there. They're still there, mm -hmm. but we can't see them. And sometimes mm. you just need someone to kind of go, hey, look, it's all there. It's all around you. And that's what this song kind of talks about. That person is you. Yes. I think Casey <laughs> and I have a lot in common. We do. And yeah, I think we need to go on tour together. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville yeah. and they had a whole, they had all her things, like her clothing, oh, her okay, yeah. kind of career. And it followed a whole um, exhibit. That's what I was looking for. And how, how long has her career been? Well, I mean, she's fairly young. I yeah. think she's probably 30. Mm -hmm. Please forgive me if she's older or less than that. But um, I think she's around her 30s. But she's been singing from a very, very young age. And I kind of read her story. She's always had the support of her family. Even her grandmother was like pushing her to everybody. And, mm. you know, so she's had a lot of support there. But she's been singing for a very, very long time from being very young, although she's still fairly young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought she was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Leonard Skinner, Simple Man. You know, it's kind of all that Southern rock. I, I kind of chose that song only because um, I'm a mom of two boys. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily boys, but I just think the lessons in life of, of loving who you are, finding who you truly are, and following that path. That's another thing where, you know, I'm not just preaching it, but I live it. I tell my kids to always know who you are. Um, don't be influenced by the outside sources. When you are confident in who you are as a person, you know, you can create a beautiful life for yourself that leaves you fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Just the way the song is performed and the way it's written and, you know, starts off with the, the mother telling the son that this is what you need to do kind of, you know, to to be happy. And she just wants to see them satisfied and happy in their lives. And I think that's a lesson for everyone. But Leonard Skinner are just so cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you heard the Shinedown version of this? Yes. Yeah. So good. Well, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of go, it's almost as good as the original. And yeah. in some ways, I mean, it's different, right? So it I don't want to say it's better or worse, but I love it. I, it blows me away. And the first time I would say I'd heard the song was the Shinedown version. I just said virgin. Why did you <laughs> say virgin? virgin? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember hearing it and going, oh my God, this is an amazing song. And then I looked it up and that's when I realized it was actually done by Leonard Skinner first. Oh. Yeah. I would have thought that you'd have known that. Am I'm I embarrassing slight. myself by saying no. that I didn't? <laughs> no. No, not at all. 
Good. Okay. Well, I'm just being honest. <laughs> I know. I preach that I'm like the 70s vibe girl, and yet I didn't even know that. No, no. I do I, I do that all the time. <laughs> Trust me. Well, it's always a self-discovery thing. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Do you know of an example of a cover song being better than the original song? I know that I do. I just, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I'm sure I do. Because I remember hearing a song and thinking it was the original. And again, was shocked to find out that there was actually one before it. That happens all the time. Yeah. Yes. Like Hard to Handle by the Black Crows is one of those. Oh, wow. When I first heard it, I yeah. didn't know for years that there was an original version that was written in the 50s or 40s even, I believe. Well, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. And the Black Crows are one of my favorites. Mm. Amazing band. Yeah. They need to get back together. Mm, that's possible. Mm, I don't think so. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. I just heard that there's a lot of issues. I don't know what the drug use is like the, these it's days. It's the Robinson but... brothers that don't like each other. That's, yes. That's, it's like Oasis almost. Right. Yeah. 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 So they've kind of said that's not a possibility, but who knows? Never say never. We never thought Guns N' Roses were going to reunite. That's it, right? Miracles happen. Exactly. It's true. <laughs> You're right. Okay. Oh, I think that you talked about this song before. Oh, did I? Islands in the Stream. Oh, gosh. By Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. Well, I think I chose a Dolly Parton song, but maybe not this one. Maybe it wasn't. Somebody, yeah, cause I, somebody I, brought this in, I think. Okay. I well, then you. I'm copying someone else. But you and but, I talked about Dolly Parton before, I do, I do believe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, and again, this song, I, I just wanted to put it out there because I've been listening to it recently and it made me think, what is it about the song that I love? Mm -hmm. And there was something about Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton growing up and the relationship between the two, even though... You know, I don't know for a fact, but it doesn't appear that they were ever romantically involved. But there's this kind of chemistry between those two that's just incredible. Mm -hmm. And that song is just beautiful for the both of them and their voices together. And for me, it reminds me a lot of my childhood. Recently, I actually saw Miley Cyrus and uh, Shawn Mendes do a version of it. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's actually pretty cool. They do it live. Wow. Who would have thought? <laughs> I didn't know anybody covered that song. Um, when did that come out? Like early 80s? Yeah. yeah. And well, I mean, I don't think they technically cover it because they didn't put it out as a single, mm -hmm. but they did it a live version of it. I think it was oh. a one-off. Okay. Really great, though. If you have a chance, you should check it out. Yeah. Miley is um, the whole thing with the wrecking ball and that image, not mm -hmm. too impressed with that. But as a vocalist, she's just incredible. She's yeah. amazing and so versatile. And I remember at the Chris Cornell tribute, she mm -hmm. did one of their songs and just killed it. Which one did she do? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Was it and, a Soundgarden tune? Or, um, or a solo? No, I think it was... Um, Oh, gosh, I can't, really oh, can't think matter. right now. But anyways, you'll have to look up the YouTube video. But she was, but it was good. unbelievable. Really? Yeah, that mm. good. And it got a lot of great feedback from a lot of the musicians, you know, reputable, reputable musicians saying that was incredible. And it just goes to show that she's very versatile, not just this pop artist. Yeah, I would think a lot of people would draw that conclusion about her, right? Because there's a lot of other stuff going on with her. Right. And, you know, it's unfortunate that there's all this publicity that kind of goes around the personal lives of people. But in some ways, I mean, I'm beginning to understand, especially with someone like Miley, that's part of the whole career thing, you know, and yeah. it pushes people to be talking about you. And then you hope that that will also have people interested in the music. So particularly when you get started at a very young age, I think. Right. Right. 
Yeah. Was she a musketeer? Is that right? No, that was Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. <laughs> yeah, and Timberlake. <laughs> but she had her own show. Oh, that's, um, wasn't she on like a kid's show? Hannah Montana. That's it. That's yeah, I it. Like, I knew I was going to get that. Well, you know, and again, there's the connection to Dolly Parton. Mm -hmm. That's her godmother. She's influenced her in a lot of ways and made her understand the business and the whole thing with publicity and PR. Really? And you've got to create a story. Yeah. I mean, I don't know them personally, but you see those trends of how they all know how to work media mm -hmm. because that's a big part of it. How do you make yourself stand out? True. Music alone will not do it, you know, for the most part. These days. Yeah. Again, I'm not an expert on this, but... You know, being in the industry and working on that myself, you start to realize you really do need to have more than just the music. So for myself, it's a message behind the music. And people don't just buy into the songs. They buy mm. into who you are. I'm starting to realize that myself more and more as, you know, people go, well, how do you get interest from people? And mm -hmm. I see a lot of interactions on social media. And I say, because it's not just the songs. You know, if it was just that, anybody can write songs. Yeah. But people kind of love the fact that you're positive and there's a message there and you know there's more value to it than just music that's it right so there's another dimension you have personality that's the other piece right, right? it's not just music and that's why we're very lucky now with social media. You're able to showcase that part of yourself, you mm -hmm. know, and show the everyday life. It doesn't always have to be about just the music and pushing songs and pushing videos and watch my videos and like this and like that. Right. It's important to just talk to people sometimes about, you know, normal things and that they can see who you are as yeah. a person, not just as a singer. And that can be a terrifying thing, though, can't it? On the other side, like that's a slippery slope. Well, you know, and that's the funny thing is I have those conversations sometimes with my friends who are musicians as well. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, we can't, it's not cut out for everybody to be able to do that and to speak to people. Some people it's natural and they can be themselves and not have to put on a persona and people like it or they don't. Whereas some people are just, they're shy or they're introverted and they're like, we'd like to do posts where we're talking or doing videos, but mm -hmm. it's, we're not cut out for that. So it's, you know, it's a balance, but I think if you know that's your weakness, it's something you can work on. Yeah. And the payback for that is substantial. More than anything these days, that's what they buy into is, you know, saying genuinely, who are you? Right. And if you kind of fit the ideal of something they like to follow. I know that you're a huge user of social media, obviously Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having said that, you know, I'll tell you, there's been days where for two weeks, I will pull off and just not post anything. It's important because it keeps you healthy. Otherwise, you know, I've gotten, I've reached a point where I'm kind of like, okay, <laughs> I've had enough. I've been posting, 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 posting. And um, it takes a lot of work because I really like if somebody takes a moment to write me a comment, I want to respond because mm -hmm. they took a minute out of their time to write something. You want to acknowledge it and say, thank you. I appreciate this or, you know, whatever it is. But that takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of time. And sometimes it takes time away from your family, your friends, your life. Mm -hmm. And you have to pull away and go, okay, you know, let me have a little bit of space. And then I found that that's helped because then I get back into it and I'm totally okay. Mm -hmm. But if I wasn't to put those breaks in between, um, that's why you hear people like Selena Gomez or, you know, Haley Baldwin or Justin Bieber saying things like it's driving them insane, the whole yeah. thing with the social media, because sometimes they can't break away from it. You know, whether they're not posting, but other people are talking and there's this thing just perpetuating. Right. So I don't have the millions of followers yet, but... <laughs> we have quite a few, though. And I, I noticed that you're very... Trolling is obviously an issue all the time on yeah. social media, right? But I noticed that you are very deft 
at responding to people when they comment because I follow you on social media. You do? I do. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> now, Isn't I, that kind of how we met anyways? <laughs> I think. How did we meet? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm sure it was on social media. but uh, I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but you get, you get a lot of comments on your posts. And I, I noticed that you have a particular skill in navigating through potentially maybe not dangerous but sensitive situations. Yeah. And I think that's something that you're really good at because a lot of people don't know how to do that. And, and you see it unfold on social media every day and people just go nuts. Right. Right. And unfortunately, there is trolling and there's, there's a lot of nonsense that goes on and people are very kind of liberal with their comments because they're able to hide behind a keyboard or whatever it is. But that's one thing that I've always credited you with is that you're very good at not offending people. You just go right down the middle all the time and I read your responses and it's like, it's so great. Like you're very good at it. You definitely have a talent for it. Well, you know, I think you can never take personal offense to things. And, you know, again, it comes back to that thing where I was saying about love and fear. Mm -hmm. I do genuinely believe that, you know, even if I had a negative comment, I think someone on YouTube had left a comment about this video is not that great, mediocre singing, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, thank you for being honest. I appreciate that, you know, you, of course, can be honest about your opinion. And music is a, a sense of taste, you know, mm -hmm. and not everybody has to like it. But thanks for taking a moment to be honest about your opinion. I never heard back from the person, <laughs> but, mm. you know, I really genuinely meant that. There's no reason why somebody can't be honest about what they feel about a, a song. Not yeah. everybody has to like it. That's okay. But you, I, I like the way that you sometimes use humor to steer the comments <laughs> in a different direction. Well, yeah, especially, you know, when there's comments from people I don't know, the people I, there's people I know and they'll be like, oh my God, looking beautiful and whatever. Mm -hmm. It's never disgusting comments for the most part. Good. I've rarely had anything that I'm thinking, no, that's just not polite. And I've actually directly messaged someone saying, can I ask that you change that comment? And I've had people apologize and say, I'm sorry. Ah, see, yeah. I didn't know that. Good for you. Yeah, because I, you know, on the feed, I don't like there to be anything where it's indecent or just something that's not appropriate. That's not the image I put out there or that's what I like to believe. And it's right. not even about image. It's who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think people pick up on that, you know, from what you post and what you say, people will know, okay, this is okay. This is not okay. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, if you read the feeds, people are not putting there anything that's inappropriate, you know, saying you look beautiful. Fine. That's not a problem. Right. But anything above and beyond that, you know, I've had to a couple of times, but really it's been very, very rare where I had to direct message the person and say, listen, I, I know you're trying to say something where you're giving me what you believe to be a compliment, but it doesn't sound good there. And I prefer that you not mention something like this. And I've had people remove it or just apologize and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Maybe wow. that wasn't right. So you not only, you can remove it yourself if you want to, yeah. but you actually reach out to them Absolutely. and have them change it or remove it. Yeah, because it's important for me that I don't want it to be a forced thing because then it's back and forth. You know, the person can just put it back on there. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather they understand that that's not who I am. And if you pick that up somehow, that's not who I am. So let me make it clear. In the case that they believe that, you know, they don't need to remove it, then I would just get rid of that, that person on wow. the feed, you know, and just block them. Because if a person can't understand where I'm coming from, that's okay. But then I can't have you be a part of what I'm doing because we are in control of where we want to direct people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where sometimes people feel that social media is a free for all. Yes, it kind of is. But what you put out there will be a part of the results of what you get back. You know, people read between the lines. They look at your photos. What kind of things are you posting? 
And so if you're putting the message out there, hey, look at me, look at this, look at the way I look, sometimes even I'm conscious of that because I've I've said to my friends kind of, you know, you post pictures and you realize, oh my God, all I'm doing is posting pictures of myself. Mm. And you kind of have to be conscious of the fact, what is the purpose of this picture that I'm posting? Right. So yes, it's a picture of me. I get it because that's part of social media. But does it have a message? Is there a purpose behind this? You know, the other day I posted a picture of myself in a shirt, but it was like with florals and I'm I'm just like, yeah, flower power, because it made me feel like the shirt was like 60s kind of vibe. That's okay, because that's the message I'm giving out. But to just post a picture in a shirt and go, hey, look at me, you yeah. know, you have to think, well, what are you giving people as a message here? What's behind this? That's right. And so you can direct where the conversation is going to go about that. I didn't get any nasty messages on that feed. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm doing it right. <laughs> you are. Certainly you are. Good for you. That's Thank great. You. Okay, so now you have to explain your last song. What was my last song? You don't even know. See, you don't even know what your songs are. <laughs> Wait a second, I'll remember. What was it? Give me a clue. So the band wears makeup. Kiss! Yes. Oh my God. Okay, yes. I was made for loving you. Yeah, I just, I love that song. You know, every time that comes on, to me, I don't know why I would say it's one of the most romantic songs. What? Romantic? <laughs> I just love it. It's hot and it's so, you know, I want someone to sing that to me. Really? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's so awesome. And I've always loved that song. But the reason I put it on there, it kind of doesn't fit the rest of the genres that were um, as the other songs that I had on the list Mm -hmm. is because I finally got to go see Kiss for the first time in my life. Oh, good. This past summer blew me away everything you expect it to be it's a Mm -hmm. spectacle and i often say to people the reason i go to concerts of course is to enjoy them but i found ever since i started being an artist myself i go and i kind of study it more than anything else Mm -hmm. and they are a textbook study of everything you need to be doing in a show to make it you know a, a performance and that comes back to you know the show at the horseshoe last night it was really important to me that it was more than just singing my songs. I want to make it, you know, part of audience participation and so on. So, for example, the one love song I have, which I don't have any love songs except this one song, I brought up somebody from the audience and I sat him down in a chair and I said, you know what? I need to sing the song to someone. It's a love song and yeah. I need someone to help me be inspired to sing it. Wow. And so I brought uh, one of the audience members. And Did you know this person? I do. And he's like one of my biggest fans. I'm not trying to sound cocky, but this guy is amazing. He's super, yeah, super nice. And he came all the way from London, Ontario and took the train all the way to come see the show. And, you know, he was so excited. And I remember I barely said that, you know, I need someone to come up here. He ran and everybody laughed because he just, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have to ask twice for a volunteer. He just ran up to the stage and like climbed up. He didn't even take the stairs. He just jumped on the stage and wow. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I found my volunteer. And he have, <laughs> even had a cowboy hat on and everything. I'm like, perfect. That's great. Yeah. So I sang the song to him. And what's the song called? Settle of the Dust. It's kind of like when the dust settles. So it's talking to this musician who is on the road all the time. And sometimes you find, I mean, this is a reoccurring issue with musicians and the ones that they leave behind. You know, they live a life that's unconventional And it's hard to have relationships and to be in a loving relationship, being that far Mm. and having all those temptations on the road. And I think anybody, whether it's from the side of the musician or the person who's involved with the musician, just Mm -hmm. um, it's a difficult place to be. The song kind of talks about that. We're saying, well, 
when the dust settles. Mm. I'll be here. So did your uh, your fan enjoy this? I think so. Serenade? Yeah. If you see the video, <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone actually video. shot it. Yeah. Oh. They shot the whole song. I saw it. He was just sitting in awe. So I was thinking, wow, you're not even a musician. <laughs> <laughs> but you're feeling it, which is great. Now, I was happy for him. You know, he was so excited and it was great for, to be able to do that. I think you want to reward people who are supportive in that way. And that was probably the best thing, you know, that I could offer to him. Susie Corey, pillar of the community. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so you should have come to the show. You could have run to the stage. And... Now, would that have been me? Had I gone to the show, I could have like jumped in the, on that stool or whatever you were sitting on and you could have sang to me. <laughs> Well, either that or at the end of the show, the last song, I um, piggyback road, or I don't know how you say that. Um, I'm one of the audience members, and he took me through the audience to sing the last song. So That could have also been me. Yes, I could have. So there's so many things for me to do. <laughs> like, why did I not go? You missed out. <laughs> what I want, though, when yeah. I, go to, I want to hear a cover of I Was Made for Loving You. <laughs> did you not see me when I was going to Nashville in the summer? I did a road trip. I drove uh, to Nashville. Yes, I saw that on social media. Yeah, and I had that song playing, and I was, uh, oh no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't that one. It was, no. um, I want to rock and roll all night. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Mm, okay, well, that's something I look or. forward to. I look forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. We always have a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. People don't know that, like, we talk for an hour before and an hour after. I know. You know. <laughs> We we should just start hitting the record button like that much earlier. I know. We never seem to do that. Everybody's missing out on the really important stories I talked to you about in private. Ooh, the really good (laughs) gossip. See, the hour after this will probably contain more of that gossip as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Suze. Thank you. All right. This has been No Sleep Till Subway with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Ms. Susie Corey. Till next time, folks. Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Subbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.